Professionals are often encouraged to create a personal brand, but our readings today show why that's horrible advice. What we keep inside can't be hidden forever. The world will eventually see our true nature, and we certainly can't fool God. So we need to fill our hearts with good treasure and focus on doing the Lord's work. We're not called to create a facade. We're called to improve ourselves and then let the world see us for who we really are. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time, cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired word of God. But to really be nourished by the word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time, cycle C. Our first reading is from the prophet Sirach, chapter 27, verses 4 through 7. Our second reading is from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 54 through 58. And our gospel reading is from Luke, chapter 6, verses 39 through 45. Just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Sirach is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Corinthians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. So tonight, we'll see that our words reveal the truth. The victory has been achieved, and it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the book of Sirach. When a sieve is shaken, the refuse appears. So do a person's faults when he speaks. The kiln tests the potter's vessels. So the test of a person is in his conversation. Its fruit discloses the cultivation of a tree. So a person's speech discloses the cultivation of his mind. Do not praise anyone before he speaks, for this is the way people are tested. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, when this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And our gospel reading is from Luke. Jesus told them a parable. 
can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out the speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. All right. So let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Sirach. And this presented some images to explain something we often overlook. We've all heard the old saying, a picture's worth a thousand words. And I'm sure most of you have heard someone say, actions speak louder than words. But in tonight's reading from the Old Testament, Sirach reminds us that eh, we also need to pay closer attention to our words and the words of others. The prophet uses three symbols to get his point across. So just like shaking a sieve reveals the refuse, a person's words can shake off the the polished appearances and (laughs) reveal the faults underneath. And just like a, a potter's kiln tests the integrity and strength of pottery, Engaging in conversation will test our integrity and our strength. And and just like the, the fruit of the tree can tell you whether or not the tree was cultivated and well-tended, what people say can tell you an awful lot about what they hold in their hearts. Now, it's not a secret that you know, we get to know others by talking to them and listening to what they have to say. So why do we forget that others are doing the exact same thing with us? Why do we forget that they're listening to our words and making judgments about us based upon those words? Why do we forget that other people can't see into our hearts and minds? And we forget that they really have no idea what our true intentions are. So they're judging us by the words that we're choosing. Yeah, how many times have you gotten into an argument that included the the back and forth of, well, that's not what I meant. Oh, but that's what you said. Well, but that's not what I meant. Well, but that's what you said. Well, according to Sirach, what we say reveals what's truly in our hearts. Sure, we can we can try to be careful and choose our words wisely, but just like a sieve, a kiln, or the fruit of a tree, our words will eventually reveal the truth of what's in our heart. So, the main message I got from our first reading is that we need to hold goodness in our hearts. 
Sirach wasn't telling us to be polite and careful about what we say and how we say it. He was telling us that our words will eventually reveal the truth, no matter how carefully we try to disguise it. So instead of worrying about choosing the right words to present a certain image to others, let's just give our words something good to reveal. And to do that, we need to hold goodness in our hearts. Our second reading was from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And here, St. Paul is reminding us that Jesus is the fulfillment of the scriptures. It might not be completely clear because the writing style is fairly poetic, but Paul is explaining that the resurrection of Jesus is our victory over both sin and death. And this victory is something we need to keep in mind when things aren't going so well. And the Christians in Corinth didn't necessarily have it easy. They, had, they discovered that being disciples of Christ is tough. So St. Paul was telling them, it's worth it. And this reading is meant to be encouraging. He's telling them it's worth it. Remain a disciple. Be true. It, it's supposed to give us hope in the resurrection, a, a hope that should help us persevere when times are tough. God gave us this victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the critical piece Paul is trying to explain. Jesus has already won the victory. So no matter how bad things get here on earth, no matter, no matter how difficult life becomes for us, we still don't really have any reason to despair. The victory has already been achieved. All we have to do is stay focused on doing the Lord's work, and we will share in that victory. So the main message I got from our second reading is that we need to focus on doing the Lord's work. It's too easy to focus on ourselves and get caught up in our own struggles and doubts. When we do that, life can start to feel overwhelming because we've lost sight of the most critical thing. We don't need to win anything because Christ already won. And we get to share in that victory. And to do that, we just need to focus on doing the Lord's work. And finally, our gospel reading was from Luke. And in this reading, Jesus used three analogies to basically warn us against being hypocrites. The first, if you recall, was the example of the blind leading the blind. And what happens when the, the blind person's guide is also blind? Well, Jesus says they'll both end up falling into a pit. Before we can guide others, we have to learn to see. Uh, Jesus does say that the disciple is not above the teacher, but he also says that everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Now, I'm sure we could debate forever about what Jesus meant by fully qualified, but I'd like to look at the example he just gave. If you're guiding someone who is blind, then your eyesight has to be better than theirs, right? In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> it's a cheesy saying, but the meaning is spot on. 
I don't have to know everything about whatever the subject is in order to teach you, guide you, or help you. I just need to know more than you. If you're stranded on the side of the road and don't know how to change a flat tire, and I do, you're not going to say, oh, wait a minute, are, are you a certified auto mechanic? No, you're not going to ask that because I don't have to be a certified mechanic to help you with your flat tire. I just need to know how to change a flat tire. I just need to be a little bit ahead of you. And here's a hint. The same is true when it comes to evangelization. You don't need to know everything about our faith. You just need to know maybe a little more than the person you're trying to guide. All right, the the second analogy Jesus uses is the plank in your eye or the log in your eye versus the speck in the other person's eye. It's a warning. Jesus is telling us to be aware of the fact that it's much easier for us to see the faults in others than it is for us to recognize our own. You know, you combine this with the first analogy and we get a situation where I'm calling the one-eyed man vision impaired without even realizing that I'm completely blind. <laughs> or if you apply it to the evangelization and sharing the faith, you get a situation where I'm, I'm gleefully pointing out the sins of others while completely overlooking my own sinfulness. If I do that, Jesus says, I'm a hypocrite. And the, the final analogy is it's a pretty famous one. It's the one about the trees bearing fruit and, and what the fruit tells us about the tree itself. Right? No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. You know, it seems like a pretty straightforward message, and it reminds us think of, of what we read in our first reading from Sirach about the quality of the fruit indicating the quality of the, the care and cultivation of the tree. The problem, of course, is that this particular sentence, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, this sentence has been used to defend evil people. Look at these great things he did. Jesus said a bad tree can't bear good fruit, so he's obviously a good person because he's bearing good fruit. Now, that clearly assumes that any deed someone does qualifies as fruit, while simultaneously ignoring all of the countless bad deeds the person has done. Frankly, I don't think that's what Jesus meant. He's not a dummy. <clears throat> he knows bad people can do good deeds. Anybody can, at least occasionally, especially when they know people are watching. But Jesus also knows that Sirach was right. Our words will eventually reveal what's in our hearts. And you know what? The fruit we bear isn't a, it's not a selection of specific things we've done. It's the overall impact we've had on the world and, and all of the people around us. All three of these analogies, the, the blind leading the blind, the plank versus the speck, the good and the bad trees, they all remind us that there will be effects, there will be fruits of our words and our deeds. And if we want those to be good fruits, then all we need to do is fill our hearts with goodness. So the main message I got from our gospel reading 
is that we need to improve ourselves and then let it show. It's not about putting on a mask or building a facade. It's about ensuring that there's a high level of, of integrity between what we hold in our hearts and what we say and do. It's not about covering up the ugliness. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. But if we store good treasure, as Jesus says, if we store good treasure in our hearts, then all we need to do is open up and let people see what's really there. We need to improve ourselves and then just let it show. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from the prophet Sirach, the main message I came away with was, we need to hold goodness in our hearts. In our second reading from 1 Corinthians, the main message I got was, we need to focus on doing the Lord's work. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, we need to improve ourselves and then let it show. You know, one piece of common advice for business professionals is to create a personal brand. You know, the theory is that creating a specific, consistent image to present to the world will help you advance in your career. Our readings today show exactly why that's such horrible advice. What we keep inside, what we hold in our hearts, can't be hidden forever. Sure, we can, we can disguise it for a while, but the world will eventually be able to see our true nature through our words and actions and through the impact we have on those around us. And let's face it, even if we're able to fool everyone else, we can't fool God. Our Lord knows what's in our hearts. So our job is to fill our hearts with good treasure, focus on doing the Lord's work, and not focus on our own selfish desires. As Christians, we're not called to create a facade, a personal brand. We're called to improve ourselves and then simply let the world see us for who we really are. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because it's a fairly practical approach to being a Christian. Don't worry about being able to quote scripture, or, you know, debate high theology, or even defend the faith. Focus on filling your heart with goodness and then just let it show. You know, when I was little, my dad used to say that telling the truth is always easier because you don't have to remember anything except what really happened. Now, as I've gotten older, I've discovered that <clears throat> well, remembering what really happened is getting more difficult. So I definitely don't need to be trying to remember a bunch of half-truths or flat-out lies. Let me just deal with what really happened. And being a working professional is hard enough without having to create and maintain some well-crafted image, right? Some personal brand. If we focus on filling our hearts with goodness, then it'll show through everywhere, including at work. And that doesn't mean being a pushover. Jesus was often very demanding and certainly wasn't afraid to challenge his disciples, and he expected excellent results. 
but he did it in a way that was grounded in love. We can do the same. If we can just fill our hearts with goodness and then let it show through our words and our actions. And the last question I try to answer is now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, how about we eat this elephant one bite at a time? You know, one of the things Jesus did was to warn us against being hypocrites. So let's start there. Let's start by identifying the the planks or the logs that are in our own eyes. Whenever we catch ourselves gleefully pointing out the speck in someone else's eye, whatever that might be, let's stop. Let's turn our focus inward. Chances are there's something about ourselves we're overlooking, something that needs to be uncovered, examined, addressed. Let's remove the plank from our own eye, and then we'll be in a better position to lead others to Christ and to a better life. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Practice removing the planks from your own eyes. Look, whenever you catch yourself criticizing someone else, use it as a trigger for self-reflection. Are you holding on to anger, judgment, even hatred? Well, ask yourself why, and then ask the Lord to help you let it go. If you truly want to fill your heart with goodness, then start by making sure you can see clearly with caring eyes. So practice removing the planks from your own eyes. Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're doing a little self-reflection, trying to identify and remove the planks from your own eyes, also remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. We're not doing any of this so that others will see us a certain way. The goal is for us to learn to see clearly so we can then fill our hearts with goodness. And then simply let that goodness show through naturally in our words and actions, not to create some image of us as perfect Christians, but to simply be authentic disciples of Christ. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back again next week, but in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by the Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and the Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on the Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, copyright 1989, by the Division of Christian Education of the National Council of the Churches of Christ in the United States of America. Used by permission, all rights reserved.